This is 3 News Now, your daily update on everything Northeast Ohio with Stephanie Haney. Hello everyone, welcome back to 3 News Now. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd. I'm Stephanie Haney here with your top stories from WKYC.com and our WKYC app. This is where we tell you the stories that matter most to you here in Northeast Ohio. These are the stories that you are clicking on in our community, that you are reading and you are sharing. And let's start with an update between what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. Today, most of the world lined up against Russia at the United Nations to demand that it withdraw from Ukraine, but that is not what we are seeing happening. Right now, invading Russian forces continue to hit Ukraine's second biggest city, its capital in Kyiv, and strategic ports. Russia has reported its military casualties for the first time since the invasion began last week. It says that nearly 500 of its troops have been killed and almost 1,600 have been wounded. Now, Ukraine says those numbers for Russia are much higher, but Ukraine has not released its numbers about the number of people, the number of troops who have been killed and injured. But what we do know from the United Nations is that more than 870,000 people from Ukraine have fled the country, and that number could soon get very close to one million. Now, to give you a bit of context there, the population in Ukraine is about 44.1 million. So to compare that to numbers, we can contextualize here in Ohio. Cleveland, for example, is about 333,000 in population, give or take. So three times the city of Cleveland are about the number of people who have already fled Ukraine. And if you take a look at the population, of Ohio, the entire state of Ohio, multiply that times four, and that is the country of Ukraine. Now, envoys from Ukraine and Russia are expected to meet tomorrow in Belarus for a second round of talks, hoping, the hope there is that those talks will be aimed at ending the fighting, but there does not appear to be much common ground between the Russians and the Ukrainians. Today, the UN General Assembly voted to demand that Russia stop attacks and immediately withdraw troops from Ukraine. And the vote was 141 to 5, with, five, with 35 countries abstaining from that vote. Now, assembly resolutions are not legally binding, but they can have influence as a reflection of international opinion. Now, yesterday, President Joe Biden gave the State of the Union address, and there we do have that full address on WKYC.com. Here are just a few takeaways from that. Members of both the Democrat and the Republican parties applauded the Ukrainian comments. He opened the address by talking about the Ukrainian people and sending a message to Russia, inviting everyone in the chamber to stand and applaud. And he underscored what's become rare among members of Congress in opposing Russia's vision. He asked them to stand and send an unmistakable signal to the world to Ukraine, and there were standing applause from both sides of the aisles. He said, bright, strong, and resolved, we're the United States of the America, and we stand with you, the Ukrainian people. Now, so far, the steps that Biden has taken during the Ukraine crisis include inflicting those economic sanctions and dispatching American troops to NATO allies and providing Ukraine with military support. Most of those steps have come with praise from both sides of the aisle. Biden also acknowledged inflation concerns while pushing the economic agenda. That was to be the centerpiece of the State of the Union. However, obviously, recent events had shifted that around. He said that too many families are struggling to keep up with their bills and that inflation is robbing them of gains they thought otherwise they'd be able to feel. And he says he gets it. He's hoping to get prices under control. He's making that a top priority. Now, the plan includes points like making more products in America and increasing competition in different sectors and the hope here was for President Biden to under to demonstrate an understanding that he does see 
where Americans are feeling these economic anxieties. Of course, the war in Ukraine does complicate the approach a bit because new sanctions do cause the price of gas to increase here in the U.S. And also notable in the State of the Union address, the messaging on COVID-19 did take a shift. The White House had hoped to unveil a new COVID strategy ahead of the State of the Union, but that's actually expected today. There have been disruptions while dealing with you know, the current situations at hand. So the plan, which is delayed a bit, will now be released today. And he's emphasizing that new approach. Here's what he said yesterday. Tonight, I can say we're moving forward safely back to a more normal routine, that it wasn't a matter of living alongside the virus, but continuing to battle it, and that most Americans could now remove masks and return to work. This is something that's in line with what we saw from the CDC. And it's shifted guidelines now on where mask requirements were recommended and where they weren't. Switching gears now, here's an important recall you need to know about if you have a Fitbit. There have been about a million Ionic smartwatches recalled. This is after reports of more than 100 injuries due to an overheating battery. So these units were sold between September of 2017 and December of 2021. It's model number FB503. Again, that's FB503. That's on the back of the device. You can see that where the band attaches. Now, customers who own these can contact Fitbit to get a prepaid package to send that device back in. You'll be refunded $299. You'll also get a discount code for 40% off select devices. Obviously, Fitbit is hoping that this recall doesn't keep people from using their other products. More information about that is on WKYC.com. Now let's take a look at the latest COVID-19 numbers in from the Ohio Department of Health. And today we are under 1,000 people in the hospital being treated for COVID-19. That number is 971. Out of those people being treated, 196 of them are being treated in an ICU. And in the last 24 hours, there have been 1,171 new reported official COVID-19 cases, according to the Ohio Department of Health. Now, when we take a look at what's happening here in Northeast Ohio and we want to see progress in different places, Elyria's mayor has a vision for the future of the Midway Mall and is hoping to give it an upgrade. This was yesterday that the city of Elyria Mayor Frank Whitfield talked excuse me, city of Elyria Mayor Frank Whitfield talked about the vision for the future and how they want to shift away from many retail tenants to instead several major tenants. So what they want to see in the 700 square foot space available at the Midway Mall is less than 10 major tenants. So that's definitely a major switch. And they're hoping to go to medical space or light industrial and smart manufacturing space. That's according to the mayor. The city is hoping that anchor tenant for the project will be the Cleveland Clinic. Now, in a statement from the Cleveland Clinic, they told us that they are in discussions with the city of Elyria to potentially provide additional health care services to the Elyria and Lorraine County communities. We didn't have any additional information to share at the time, but that's the hope from the mayor of Elyria, as talked about yesterday. Now, Cleveland Browns general manager Andrew Barry is not giving very much information about the future of Jarvis Landry with the Browns. He's actually very noncommittal. When asked about Jarvis Landry, he said he's been a productive player for the past four years, a big part of turning the tide and everything like that. He said the next couple of weeks are big for the Browns in terms of figuring out the entire roster, but that Jarvis has been a key veteran, a key producer, and that the Browns are grateful for that. Now, here's the reason this conversation keeps coming up. Jarvis Landry is set to make $16.3 million next year. And when there is a salary cap in the NFL, that's a lot of money. And if the Browns do part ways for Jarvis, with Jarvis Landry, they can save $15 million. That's not to say that's a done deal, though. Jarvis Landry did post on Twitter that he is putting the ball in Cleveland's court, that he'd love to stay here. But 
he is confident in his abilities to win a championship elsewhere if that ends up being the situation that arises. Now, it is possible that the Browns and Jarvis Landry could restructure that contract and come up with something that might be acceptable to both of them. You know, things that will factor into this is what Jarvis Landry thinks he could get on the open market. And if the Browns are willing to match what he thinks he could get on the open market and how much that comes down from that $16.3 million figure. You know, the Browns did just restructure the contract with right tackle Jack Conklin this past week. So not out of the realm of possibility, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Now here is something very cool. A helmet worn by Amelia Earhart during a flight to Cleveland has sold at auction for $825,000. Now the owner of this, this happened at the Heritage Auctions auction house, by the way. This was a flight across the Atlantic in 1928 and landed in Cleveland. In the rush of fans, she lost that helmet there. But there was, a, there was some trouble authenticating the helmet. The owner, his name is Anthony Twiggs, he's 67 years old, he's a Minnesota resident, he'd been trying for years to verify that the helmet was indeed Amelia Earhart's. He said he got it from his mom. And what happened was his mom was in that crowd and his mom told him that a boy who liked her had given her that helmet and that he had told her that it was Amelia Earhart's. Well, finally, 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 photo matching software was able to confirm the authenticity of the helmet. And so now it has just been sold for uh, pretty darn close to a million dollars, $825,000. And that all ties right in here to Cleveland because that's where she lost it. That's where it ended up in his mom's hands, ended up with Anthony Twiggs, who now lives in Minnesota, and sold that for a very pretty penny. One more thing to let you know before we go here, a Cleveland mom behind the organization Literacy in the Hood got a very special surprise on the Kelly Clarkson show today. That organization, Literacy in the Hood, H-O-O-D, that's an acronym. That stands for Helping Out Our Disenfranchised, and that group is dedicated to building a culture of reading in Cleveland's low-income neighborhoods. This is so important. The low level of literacy in the Cleveland area is definitely something of serious concern. So this is Krishandra Matthews, and she's, she's been on the Kelly Clarkson show before. And today, when she made that special appearance, she got $10,000 courtesy of Scholastic and Kelly Clarkson herself. Now, this is her second time on the show. The first time she was on the show, she got $5,000 in a van in order to aid her efforts. Now she has $10,000 more to add to that. And her organization really works with a multi-generational approach, not only working with children, but also with the parents to impress upon the parents the importance of reading and doing that regularly. Here's a quote from her. Through this painstaking work, Literacy in the Hood develops trust and explains to parents that can help their children thwart the school-to-prison pipeline, and the urban achievement gap by helping them become confident readers. And that is a beautiful thing. And that's where we'll leave it today for your 3 News Now update. I will see you back here tomorrow with more 3 News Now. Thanks for listening to 3 News Now with Stephanie Haney from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and in the WKYC app.